All right, welcome everybody to the Mayfair Theater Podcast, episode 51. 51. <laughs> Yay. Such a nice number. I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. I'm Josh. 52 is my favorite number, because it's a nerd number. 52. It's important to the DC universe. It's very complicated, but they have 52 worlds and 52 things, and if you watch an episode of The Flash, they're like witty, and they'll have somebody go to a part in 52, and then oh. all the nerds go, oh, it's a number 52. So next next week will be our DC Comics 52 universe <laughs> episode. Um, oh my god, it's cold outside. It's, <laughs> it's cold outside. I'm so thankful and impressed when people leave the house <laughs> to come see a movie. At first, I thought nobody was coming, and then yeah. everybody was here all at once. Yeah, it was. It was last weekend. Was it last weekend when people were like coming in toboggans and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome, which is so Canadiana. Yeah. Um, Bringing your kids over in, your to- in, in the toboggan so that you don't have to push the stroller. Because anytime somebody is like, anytime somebody asks, how packed is it going to be tonight? You, you, you don't know because it's always, uh, it's too hot outside, it's too cold outside, it's the holidays, that could be good or bad, you know. But So yeah, especially when it's really cold out, it's always nice when people leave the house to come and see a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, something to do today. Yeah. And as we... Besides record this podcast. Yeah, this record this podcast. Uh, as we speak, Brooklyn is playing in the theater, which is about to start its third week. Mm-hmm. What, what's our record? Like, I remember a little while back, it was, it was, um, oh, the uh, uh, Partridge, the Alan Partridge comedy. Yeah. That was, that was like three or four weeks. And then... Probably like... A trip to Italy, trip to, uh, which yeah. I think was around the same time, and yeah. Grand Budapest we yeah. kept for like three weeks or maybe four. I think which both beat like because uh, my memory sort of gets mixed up with Mayfair Orleans sometimes, and yeah. we played the best exotic marigold hotel and, for a month and a half, and salmon fishing in the Yemen, and salmon fishing in the Yemen, yeah, for a very long time. But I think uh, best exotic marigold hotel was the longest. Mo- movies about old people doing exotic things. No, yeah, well, one Four of old people. One of our super patrons, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, was chatting with me online the other day, and he said he was so impressed. I, I think he was here for whatever. He came He came to see Charlie Brown and mm-hmm. whatever was after Charlie Brown, which I think was Brooklyn. I forget. But he was like, there were so many older was folks. On, um, uh, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. And he said they were yeah. all buying popcorn, and they were all, you know. And I said, I said, yeah, like, I said, we have very distinctive um patron bases we kind of have three or four uh but i said i said the older folks i think are more of a cash cow for us than the families coming to see matinees mm-hmm. or the nerds like me coming to see whatever it, it, it's that that you know middle-aged to older senior citizen couple coming to see the helen mirren movies the brooklyn's the oscar nominated type films yeah uh, Wanting to enjoy a night out, I think, versus just like, I gotta see this movie. Mm-hmm. Which is such a twist, because I think we had the reputation for a long time of being like a, a grindhouse Grind cinema. House. Yes, for sure. Which I love, but we're not, because like 10 people come to a midnight movie and then 200 come to see Brooklyn. Yeah. We still show a lot of various stuff, but... That being said, sorry, no, yes, don't yeah. to interrupt, yeah. but we are bringing back Saturday, Saturday Night, night cinema. cinema. Speaking yeah. of, yeah. And I think we stopped doing that basically because we ran out of smug look yeah <laughs> take that and to just like lean back in his chair and put his arm behind it like oh yeah, yeah. grindhouse okay <laughs> um we ran out of film prints 
and ki- kind of its gimmick was it was a 35 millimeter mm-hmm. film print showcase. Yeah. So now we're showing those type of films, but not on film. I'm assuming Lee's bringing in Blu-rays. They'll mm-hmm. be digital. Yeah, yeah. Di- digital. Because there's so many great, weird, cult, well, cult, for lack of a better term, cult film, well, exploitation films. Yeah. Uh, from like the 70s and 80s that are coming out on Blu-ray, especially yeah. in the UK. So there'll be lots of like really, really great stuff. Yeah, and you're right. There's, there's, there's a, it's a different... See, cult... I think cult is something that everybody knows about. So it's like Rocky Horror. It's a misunderstood term, along yeah. with B-movie. B like people often misuse that term. B-movie yeah. just means like the second half of a double bill. Like Warner Brothers made gangster movies in the 30s. Right. And those were B-movies. Yeah. They didn't cost as much as the A movie, which was like, you know, the Clark Gable film or Big something. Big budget, yeah. So, Be- because these mo- a lot of these movies aren't cult films because nobody knows them. They don't mm-hmm. have a cult. They're like potential cult films. Potential, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and now, thanks to, to home markets and stuff like that, like, and, and little, little companies like Shout Factory, I think, mm-hmm. who just release, they don't have to sell 20 million copies. They can make a smaller run, charge a little bit more money for it, and so we're getting these great releases now that we can show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, this week, finally coming up, Dangerous Men. Yay. <laughs> Presented by Andrew. Andrew's going to do a... It's like a, the month of Andrew. He's going to do a 45-minute uh, seminar before the film. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Lee doesn't beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. Which is, will mostly just consist but of I, him but I feel, the boombox and listening to the tape. Yeah, I, I feel I should maybe intro this movie because it, it does need a bit of an introduction. Oh. In fact, if you go on our Facebook page, there's a really cool uh, Vanity Fair article about the making of it, which yeah. is really fascinating. It's, it's, it's one of those those movies where really the behind the scenes is is as fascinating, possibly took, even more fascinating. Yeah, than the it took film. this guy 26 years to make this film, and basically it's just like this. It's hard to describe the plot because the movie's such a mess, and there's it's hard to d- yeah. decide who's the main character because people come in and out of the film. But basically, this woman is about to get married, her husband is killed by bikers, and then she turns into this avenging woman going out and killing, posing, posing as a prostitute to, like, lure men and kill them. And then there's cops looking for her, and... Is it the style of what would have been, like, a 70s drive-in kind of exploitation? Yeah, that, that, it's in that kind of vein, for sure. Yeah. And it was shot on film. We're showing a digital version, but it will look great. I mean, it, you know, you, yeah. you can tell. And there's prints of it floating around. It became kind of a cult thing at first in L.A. And I'm still... It, it, so it was, it was completed around 10 years ago? Yeah, like 2003 or something. And if I found... There's like one video interview with this filmmaker, John Rad, yeah. who's passed away. He's this Iranian guy. There's an interview with him on a talk show... Um, I forget the host's name, but the co-host is Sandra Bernhardt, the stand-up comedian. Oh, wow. And they're just interviewing him, and they're like, oh, my God, you're wonderful, and this movie looks amazing. And, um, yeah, it's he seemed like a pretty interesting guy, almost sort of like a low, low-key low Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> yeah. And these kind of films, like your your, your fateful findings, your, your the rooms. Yeah, there's like a personality behind the film. The, yeah. There's like this aut- crazy auteur yeah. who's not really a filmmaker, but was like, I want to try being a filmmaker and put all my money behind it. And, and it's weird. Like, there's a line of, like, laughing at them or appreciating them. Mm-hmm. And I always found, like, with I think films, you can do both. Yeah, like, with, with, like, a lot of the old, like, Hammer Horror films or, or Ed Wood stuff mm-hmm. or, or any, anything of that genre. 
a lot of film fans aren't like bullying it. They, they there's a love for it, mm-hmm. even though it's bad. Yeah, like it's it's hard to explain to people who don't. I have a couple friends who are like, I don't understand going to the room or mm-hmm. right, like, or yeah, like def- for, definitely, it's not for everybody. For an older generation, even Rocky Horror, which is such like a almost mainstream now, but mm-hmm. but it was considered a bad film that people went to jokingly. It's it's well, like the biggest cult there film. There are some folks who come in sometimes with like. Are you guys still doing the Rocky Horror? Like, oh my yeah. god! Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! I did that no when way. I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. And and it's 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 funny because if it's still racy forty now forty years in, but there's still an innocence to it. Yeah, really. The, the thing about Rocky Horror is the the the, the music is really good. Yeah, I, I yeah. really like the songs yeah. more than it. Like I can just listen to that, which mm-hmm. is kind of backwards. But but yeah, so we'll see because Dangerous Men. Um, I don't know, there's some of our audience who always see, they, they want another one of these, like, monthly or quarterly mm-hmm. traditions. Mm-hmm. And we try every so often, whether it be, and, and people who love them, love them, because they'll, they'll say, like, when you bring in Miami Connection back, uh, when you bring in Troll 2 back. Mm-hmm. And, and I always just kind of say, like, the harsh reality is we have one screen, and, and the good news is more and more mainstream folks seem to be giving us movies. It has to become The Room, basically. Yeah, it has The to Room be- is like... People keep showing up, and with Miami Connection and Faithful Findings, it yeah. didn't um, build as much as the room did. So yeah. it's the audience that makes makes it a cult film. Yeah, and 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 new people coming because this can't be the, like with the room in Rocky Horror. I can't imagine it's the same people all the time. But if you come every few months or whatever, some people come all the time. There's a standard. Yeah, I think there's a set uh, like crew. Yeah, I'll say for each. And I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think Dangerous Men has, like, a thing yet. There's not going to be people throwing stuff no. at Dangerous what, Men. No. What would they, like, I've seen it, so I wonder what they I haven't seen do. it. I'm coming to see it on Friday. I haven't seen it yet, um, so. Well, we showed Samurai Cop a few weeks ago, and that was a, that was a good turnout. Yeah. People loved it. It yeah. was, like, one of, probably my, one of my favorite theatrical experiences this year. Yeah. It's a terrible movie, but, like, it was such a fun screening. Well, that's why, and it's, like, these kind of movies are memorable, like, God, this was already a couple of years ago, I guess, but we screened Sharknado mm-hmm. at the perfect time. Like, if we would have screened it two weeks before or two weeks after, I don't think it would have gotten... Well, that was Twitter. I think Twitter yeah. was the, the key to that, right? That Sharknado yeah. becoming a hashtag. And it was... The first night was so much fun. Everybody was in the right mood. Um, it got a standing ovation at the end. And then we showed part two, like, six months later. And it wasn't a horrible turnout, but it went from, like... 300 people to 75 people. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't even show Sharknado 3 because kind of like the, the thrill was gone it's by It's like that a time. temporary cult thing because it's, yeah. it's different now. It, it's more like a fad, I guess. It's it's more of a fad because cult movies were more of a thing in the 70s, right? When you had um, Pink Flamingos and El Topo and yeah. Night of the Living Dead because there was no internet, there was no... There was TV, but, but I think now people just... It's shorter attention spans. People want the next big thing right after the previous one, right? So and, and most people making... It's hard for things to stick around. Yeah. And most people making those monster movies back in the day, whether it be the, the 30s to the 70s, weren't purposefully making bad films. No, they were just trying they to make a good movie. They were making a UFO movie. And they didn't even know if it would get shown. Like, yeah. Like Pink Flamingos is John Waters making a movie with his friends <laughs> in yeah. his backyard. Night of the Living Dead is George Romero making a movie with his friends in his yeah. backyard, and it's like, okay, well, we cut this together. Let's take it to New York and see if anyone wants to buy it. And people yeah. did buy it, and yeah. pe- it 
you know, these movies found an audience. And that was a world where... Now it's easier to make a film, yeah. but distribution is, is yeah. trickier now than it's it was back then. It's saturated out there. Yeah. It's hard to... Anybody can make a movie, yeah. Yeah. Like, t- Tangerine was a movie made by made for no money. I still haven't seen On that. On an is iPhone. It? Oh, it's so good. It's good. It's I hear good. it's really good. I, like, it's funny, because I remember when we first booked it, I didn't know anything about it except for kind of the poster, and that it was about uh, uh, transvestite hookers. Mm-hmm. You read the description. Yeah. It's like a tough sell. <laughs> People would come in and be like, what's Tangerine about? And yeah. like, well, it's a Christmas story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember... Lee sent out a group email to, to the gang saying, what do you think about booking this for Christmas? And I said, I said, well, it's not very Christmassy, but it is getting some good buzz. And then like the next day, I actually researched it and went, oh, it is Christmassy. Mm. So I came to see it whenever we screened it. It was pretty close to Christmas. It was like mm-hmm. December 20th or 22nd. And man, I, I, I hope we could find room to maybe bring it back next Christmas because it was just like it was... It was funny. It was heavy. It was weird. It had great characters. Uh, it was. It was. It was quick because it was mostly in real time. Yeah, mm. shot on an iPhone, right? Yeah. yeah, and and I believe the crew was like about you know fifteen people, mm. and but I just loved it, and everybody I know who saw it loved it, yeah. and it's one of those movies where it doesn't. I don't think it even has nudity in it, but it just has like very mature situations and 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 plot points yeah Mm -hmm. it's about two transvestite hookers in in la but i loved it and that's an example of a movie that that has managed to get out there you know got all the way to ottawa from from los angeles um made the festival circuit i think is now available via home means um and i think it was on some top 10 lists i mean oh yeah some people were like best film of the year. Yeah, and it was it was it, I so and that's one of those movies where like oh I want to see what these guys do next. Mm-hmm. And all the actors were like, like unknown, unknown yeah. young if actors at all. I think some of them, but uh, but yeah, but that's an example of I don't know it, it, that might become a and then sometimes it's like almost insulting from a point of view to call it a cult movie because what's the difference between cult and just successful? Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, like. Because Tangerine isn't something that has, like, that feel of, like, merchandising and getting dressed up to go see it and that kind of thing. But it could. No, it could become... It could. Oh, so good. But, yeah, I, I hope we can... <laughs> if, if our Christmas can become Tangerine and Die Hard, <laughs> that would be... I'd be happy with that. Nice. Or Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight kind of <laughs> counts as a Christmas movie. There's snow in it. If there's snow in it, it counts as a Christmas movie. But and there's a couple of, well, there's there's one other thing that I won't mention. Cause yeah, don't spoil it. It's not a spoiler, but right. there's there's a couple of Christmas motifs in it. Right. So hopefully, yeah. Well, I think we'll show it, but even oh, though it's past Christmas, but well, I'm perfect sure, winter movie. I told people, I was like, I was like, I will show it. It just, we don't know when. It could be next week. It could be in mm-hmm. two months. You know, it, it's it's so hit and miss with these kind of things. Mm-hmm. We, we've been lucking out lately with with Oscar caliber movies mm-hmm. um, with stuff that's circling stuff we're playing right now mm-hmm. um, so we mentioned Brooklyn which see we're, we're doing this a day early so next week because we'll be, I think it's tomorrow they release tomorrow or the next day they release I think the it's Oscar, tomorrow. tomorrow probably tomorrow morning tomorrow at some horrible hour because of our yeah. time zone like four in the morning or something like that yeah um, but Brooklyn should be up for some um, I'm hoping Mad Max. Well, Ma- I think Mad Max will get some nominations. Yeah, which is when we screen. Apparently, George Miller said he doesn't want to do it. He's done. He's done. That. 
I don't know if he's playing he's like, hard to get. Like, do you think he might be like... I remember him being at Cannes, and he's like, I don't know. Like, I need some time to, like... Because it was a difficult movie to make, right? And he's 70. And maybe he could be... And you look, yeah. at, his, look at his resume, maybe he's like, I'm going to go do a nice talking pig movie now. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm going to do a cartoon, something... I can imagine him, you know, maybe saying, like, eh. But I wonder then, will the studio go and just do it without him because I'm sure he doesn't own it maybe he can produce it yeah and get, or, or you know a young write, write a young yeah. director behind it yeah kind of like what, what they're doing with Star Wars yeah because it was I know it was a hell of a shoot but um, mm-hmm. so we'll see yeah but like so that, that's when we screened and often genre stuff doesn't get nominated but every once in a while a, a Lord of the Rings or a Star Wars or a mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean for acting kind of slips in there so we'll see if that slips in there um Another movie we have coming uh, this week, starting uh, Friday the 15th, is Macbeth. I really want to see this. Which came out of nowhere for me. I didn't Mm. even know this movie was a thing. (laughs) And and then, like, a couple weeks ago, somebody said they were going to go see Macbeth at uh, the Bytown. And I was like, oh. And I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Michael Fassbender. And Marion Cotillard. But it hasn't, to me, anyhow, it didn't seem to get a lot of buzz for, like, Oscar-type stuff. No, it seems sort of... Quiet, quiet, but um, it looks really good. It looks incredible. I, I saw the trailer just once now, like yeah. last week. But um, God, Michael Fassbender works too much. <laughs> like you look at all the stuff he, whether it be like an X Men movie or or that, like he just it seems like he's doing about six or seven movies a year. You know who else? There, there are a few of these actors who seem to be in everything, and one actor is Donald Donald Gleason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Brooklyn. Yeah. He's in Star Wars. He's in uh, The Revenant. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, how does he have time? Does he just fly from location to location to do all these movies? Are they huge parts? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought the funniest was, who did I see um, uh, in in Crimson Peak? Um, uh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Who is in The, Everything. the Martian. Mm-hmm. So I watched two movies at the Mayfair, like, not double bill, but back to back, like, one on Wednesday and one on Friday. And she was in both of them. And so it's like, and you look at her resume, and I remember a couple years back when she was just hitting, just by by bad luck, like three movies she did sat on a shelf, two were effects movies, and her parents, she said on a talk show that her parents were offering to send her money, and she was like, no, no, I did six movies, I swear, and they're like, sure, dear, sure, and she's like, no, no, they're coming, and then it was just like, bam, like a movie found distribution, one finally came out, but so there's kind of was an illusion of her doing like, eight movies in a year when mm. actually it was eight movies in like oh, yeah. four years but yeah I know that all these movies aren't shot at once like yeah but like and I guess with Crimson Peak and Martian are both kind of effects movies so she probably did those like mm-hmm. a year and a half ago or whatever but 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 yeah and and speaking of Martian I, it's so the Golden Globes I'm sure somebody has written a very couple books about this I don't know if anyone's done like a, a motion picture documentary about it but the Golden Globes are are I don't know if a sham is the right word. Mm, they, that argument has been made. They're, the Oscars or, or you know, other awards things, whether you agree with them or not, you can call, kind of follow that. You can say, okay, well, this group of people voted. Here's who gets to vote. That kind of thing. The Golden Globes are notorious for maybe being like a dozen reporters who get gift it's, baskets. It's, yeah, like, it's the Hollywood for I mean, the, the theory is... I don't know if it's a theory, it may be a fact, but yeah. that the Hollywood foreign, it's it's an excuse for the Hollywood foreign press to hobnob with celebrities, so yeah. you'll get, um, Pia's, 
Do either of you know who Pia Zadora is? I do, yes. She, apparently, her husband bought her Golden Globe. Yeah. Whoa. She made a movie called Butterfly, which apparently is horrible. And yeah. apparently she's horrible in it. Um, I haven't seen it, but that's, I mean, she got a Razzie nomination as well as winning a Golden Globe. Right. And the theory is that her she was married to this guy who is like a real mover and shaker and managed to get the foreign press to... I don't know if she won it. I think she might have won it. But yeah. anyway, it just goes to show you that it's all just, you know. Well, it's like a few years yeah. back. You, you look at the track record, and some make sense, but then some are like, like the movie The Tourist with Johnny Depp a couple years ago. Uh, which, a which, movie no one saw. What no one saw was, was not, it wasn't like the worst movie ever made, but it just was completely neutral. Like, yeah. critics gave it two to three stars, didn't make any money at the box office, kind of But they want Johnny Depp to show up, so they nominate yeah. him. So it, but it won, like, Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And then wasn't nominated for Oscars, you know, anything else. Mm-hmm. So this year, the big weird one was The Martian under comedy slash musical won Best Picture. And the other movies up against it are ones that made slightly more sense, um, like Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. And the Golden Globes is the weirdest thing that they, they segregate that. And maybe it made more sense back in like the 30s, but now you'll get comedy musical and you'll get like a really dark musical like Les Mis, which is like, could it be more heavy and depressing up no. against some light, goofy comedy? Well, why is it comedy or musical? I First of know. all, how many, Those how many musicals, categories. how yeah. many musicals get made anymore? It's not the thirties where like yeah. 10 yeah. musicals came out a year. Now it's like, you know, maybe one every few years. I would say maybe least... they lumped the two categories. Sorry to interrupt. No. But maybe they lumped the two categories together because nobody makes musicals anymore. So, yeah. and if it's going to be a musical, it's probably going to be funny. Like, Lily Miz is a, yeah. <laughs> an exception, I would say. Like, as far as musicals that have come out recently, like, even, yeah. what is the, the Fleet Street one? Was Sw- like, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah, it was dark, but It was a musical. Funny. It was dark, actually dark a musical. Comedy. And yeah. a comedy. And a comedy, yeah. Maybe it's because when it was instigated in the 30s, it was all like, hooray for Hollywood, singing in the rain kind of stuff. Yeah. I would think, my idea would be, take out the musical and just let musical fall where it may. So if yeah. you get a dramatic musical. Is, yeah, it makes sense wherever it lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, but I guess what happens is the filmmakers or the, the, the distributor gets to, to shoehorn, say, we want The Martian to be under comedy musical. And if no one fights it, it just is. So you have this movie, which was admittedly funny, but not a comedy. You know, it was a it was a thriller kind of survival picture yeah. in space, where Matt Damon was funny, but he was also... There's comedic you know, moments. Well, it's like, okay, so people have compared, like, this to Tom Hanks and Castaway. Castaway, and yeah. Like, Castaway, there's parts that are funny, but yeah. also, like, I, I don't know about you, but I sob oh, yeah. any yeah. time I watch it. So it's, it's weird. So... So Martian is very likely going to, and you can never tell because weird stuff always happens, but is very likely going to be nominated for Best Oscar Picture as well. Uh, some people have said, are we going to bring it back? A lot of times it's out of our hands, but sometimes if it does get nominated or win, there might be a push to well, that, get yeah, back it, in theaters. It's, it's a big 20th Century Fox movie, so if it gets nominated, they'll, they may want to do a big re-release, which means we may not be yeah. able to get it back right away anyway. But we, we, we've... We've lucked out very well in the past few years about having stuff booked that is 
nominated or winning right around the time of the Oscars. Yeah. Um, th- We're a bit limited in this week's schedule, t- well, in last yeah. week's schedule, rather, because of the Ottawa Film Society this week. Yeah, so, you, like, once a month, three of our nights are kind of eaten up by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this week, the, the 15th to the 21st of January, just, again, by coincidence, we have, like, our, our Dangerous Men, which was booked in advance, uh, a documentary called Haida Gwaii, um, and it's like an environmental documentary. Um, so that was booked for a couple weeks. And then we also had the, a premiere booked for The Wannabe, which is produced by Scorsese. Uh, and it's a uh, very Scorsese-esque looking gangster picture. Apparently it's a true story about a, um, this man who tries to influence the John Gotti trial. Mm-hmm. Ah, I didn't even know that. He wants to uh, be a part of John Gotti's crew. He's yeah. sort of a fan. Yeah. And it's uh, Patricia Arquette's in it. And a bunch of people who, who were in like... Goodfellas yeah. and um, the Sopranos, yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. all, all the the normal all the the mob stalwarts. But then also, we might have maybe screened Dangerous Men for another night or so. Uh, but we're squeezing in a a David Bowie tribute with uh, "Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence," yeah. which I haven't nights. seen. I haven't seen it either. Me neither. Yeah. So, Lee, when I was ch- right away, I we've was, shown it. Yeah, we showed I a print it. of it. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago. Years or ago. Yeah. 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 But I still apparently it's excellent. But I yeah, kind of seen it. So whenever whenever David Bowie died that morning, I I went on like Facebook and Twitter and basically said like, just to get ahead of you all, we know about this too, and we're we're gonna try. So you know because yeah. of course, you know people mean well, but they're like, what about Labyrinth? And you're like, yep, we we we've heard of Labyrinth too, you know. So, but uh, I asked, I'm glad it's this one because yeah. this is like a less obvious choice. And and supposedly mm-hmm. he's great in it uh i i would have loved to have screened um a concert film but there's nothing there's nothing out there available in distribution or even on Mm blu-ray so that can't so it's just it's so weird distribution like you would think like ziggy stardust one of the most famous concert ever with the most famous performers ever and it's not on blu-ray and it's not available for distribution i think it's on dvd somewhere but i don't yeah yeah, i mean there wouldn't be a theatrical distributor yeah for that so weird but yeah so this is a um david bowie acting and and he's which he did interesting career because it was kind of like his i don't know like it's like an intermission in his career yeah like he didn't he didn't pursue it greatly but it was like every few years he'd pop up and do this do men who fell to earth uh, or pop up in Twin Peaks, or or um, what's the Christopher Nolan movie, the Magician movie? Yeah, he played Nikola Tesla. Yeah, in, uh, the Prestige. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And James Gunn just said he was going to cast him in Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, and I was like, Oh my god, that would have been so cool! And so he said he w- it was going to happen. Like he was going to cast him as a small role in Guardians of the Galaxy, and so now when we see Guardians two, we'll have to guess who, who David Bowie was. Mm. David Bowie couldn't be more alien, you know, so he, he could have played an alien very well. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's Sunday and Monday. Um, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. So a, a, it's a World War II prison camp film? Yeah. and it, it's, it's a Japanese film, right? Yes, mm. yeah. And, and it's, it's always weird to, you know, you don't want to seem like you're taking advantage of someone's death by showing stuff. But it really is nice tribute to get together with a bunch of fans and just watch something. It's very mm-hmm. what's yeah. the word cathartic. It's very yeah. There's tons of people doing Bowie themed stuff in yeah. town this week. So Remy's Remy's doing yeah. Something. yeah. Isn't Remy Royale doing? Uh, well, tomorrow night he's doing a thing at House of Targ. 
for the... Oh, wow, so you did tunes, yeah. He does a dance party thing now, and yeah. so he decided that that's going to be Bowie-themed, and then he's also, on Sunday, going to be at the Manx, yeah, so, which is what I'm planning on going to. Yeah, so if you listen to this right away, and you're going to go to the Manx, let's... January the 17th. Don't go to the Manx because I want to go to the Manx. Don't crowd it up for her. But if you do that, you can still come see the film tribute on Monday night. And a couple of our um, our patrons online have said they're going to do yeah. that. Well, yeah, I was going to say, maybe you can like... Oh, it's going to be packed. Manx holds like can... 12 people. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to be one of them and my boyfriend's going to be two. So there's only yeah. room for 10 more of you. Your yeah. boyfriend's going to be two. You have two boyfriends? Oh, no. oh I see. <laughs> I'm going to be one. and Making it two. two. Yeah. Oh. He is pretty tall, though. So I don't He's know. He's tall, yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, like, and, and we, we did chat about, you know, never say never. This will come back again someday, but, but, um... I said, I, I said to Lee, would it be crazy to show Labyrinth and a grown-up movie? Oh, my God. And the only thing is we're doing so well with new grown-up movies yeah. playing in the matinee slot and uh, kid movies. So we have the, the Peanuts, Peanuts movie, movie. which, Thanks. man, won me over. <laughs> like, it, it's, I was, one of those films, like, especially when you, when you love something, whether it be a, a comic book or I'm sure if you're like a Shakespeare fan or, or a fan of a, of a Broadway play that gets adapted, you're the one who's who has to be won over, and and I've I love Charles Schultz's comics and and I've been reading them all my life and I'm just like I don't know if it'll work as a modern CG mm-hmm. post his death movie, mm-hmm. but it was very loyal, very timeless. There was no cell phones in it. There was no you know laptops in it. It was the kids use the phone and it's like an old timey phone, which I thought was funny because kids in the audience might be like, "What's that?" Oh my yeah. god, like. The- <laughs> Greg's nephew's, like, the phone rang at the house, and he was sort of like, what's that? Ah, what's that? Yeah. What's that? Well, already, what was, I was watching something. Oh, it was, you know, to get off topic and talk about television, which we always do, um, on the moments when you're not here, you should be watching Fargo over and oh over and over again. We're allowed to talk Forever. about it because it's Coen Brothers and it's based on a movie. Oh, my God, that's a good show. But there's a scene in that show where I won't even specify what, but... Someone's about to get super killed, and he's dialing nine one one, and he goes like nine, chugga 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 chugga. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> man, like more people must what have. If there's a fire. Yeah, like had horrible disasters in the old days because they, you know, couldn't you have made it one 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 or you know zero you know no zero was further away. Yeah, it's one one one. But um, God, that's a good show. Yeah. That's it. But um, it it made me want to watch the movie again. But it it's. Um, it is an example of kind of filmmakers going back and forth to big screen, small screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got a new movie <clears throat> coming out yeah. in a month, oh, Hail Caesar, which looks yeah. really good. Which has the normal band of actors in it. Mm-hmm. And I think Scarlett Johansson, who yeah. hasn't worked with them before. Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Channing Tatum, who's Who, who by the way, everywhere. is really good in The Hateful Eight. I like Channing Tatum. I, I, I like, like He started out as like... A dancer. A bro. A yeah, bro in a bro the step-up movies. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, who's this guy? Yeah. And he's, well, you know. What was his turn? What what was his, like, because I know, like, for real mainstream stuff, he did. Magic Mike, I guess. So it was Magic Mike, yeah. So Magic Mike, and then, and then. Um, 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street, which I was amazing. But what was, he did another movie, there's a, a Haywire with Steven Sonnenberg. Yeah. Oh, that was my, okay. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I love, I love female action heroes, but I thought that movie was awesome. But, um. But yeah, like, but now, like, you know, uh, speaking of 
Oscar films we've screened in the past. Like he was in, uh, did he get a nomination for, um, oh, my, the, the, the wrestling movie? Um, he and Mark Ruffalo and, and uh, Steve Carell. Foxcatcher? Foxcatcher. I don't think so. No, but like, so, but he's been in like these like, he's balancing these like Oscar caliber movies with fun, goofy stuff like 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and yeah, I know he's in Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. uh, which I saw him on a talk show and he wouldn't even talk about it because he's like, I don't think I'm supposed to talk about what I'm doing. No, he's... His name's he's, on the poster, so it's not a surprise. Yeah, and in, in the opening credits, but he's still somewhat of a secret guest star. Yeah. Shows up at the end. Right, yeah, yeah. And that's what I figured since he's not like in the, the kind of ad campaign and stuff like that. I think it's because he's part of the twist. Right. So to, to mention who his character is is to give away a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, so I wanted... The, yeah, I, I like an actor like him who can who can go back and forth mm-hmm. and kind of do do both drama and comedy and, and like like so many actors now. I, I, was, I was chatting about that. Like, I don't think there's typecasting as hard now as there once was. Mm-hmm. Like, once upon a time, like... Well, they don't... I saw a thing on the internet the other day that was like... People said that, you know, a person of color or a female lead don't sell and look at Star Wars yeah. right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally think you're right. Yeah. And if you look at mainstream comic books right now, um, there's a really great comic book called Ms. Marvel, and uh, the main character's name is Kamala Khan, and very popular, very not mm-hmm. white, and Captain America right now is Falcon, so we got a black Captain America. We have a female Thor, yeah. so that's all mainstream Marvel stuff, and it's 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 getting good critiques and fan appreciation. But most important, from their point of view, is it's selling, yeah. and it's garnering um, girls and women to read in comic books. And but yeah, you look at mainstream movies now, and I think they're getting better. And I think we're, we're my friend who has two young uh, girls, both under the age of like five, I think, and and. And he he thinks we're in a really interesting turn right now. And we've always had some cool stuff. We, we've had Mila Jovovich, and we've had Sigourney Weaver, and we've had, um, you know, Terminator 2. We've had, we've had tough females every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But now, like, with, with Star Wars, with Ghostbusters, we're, we're getting some real mainstream, cool women yeah. action movies. And, and my favorite thing is bad nerds online going, oh, it's a gimmick for there to be four women Ghostbusters. And the director, Paul Feig, saying, was it a gimmick to have four guy yeah. Ghostbusters? <laughs> like, it, it's just a story, you know? Um, yeah. But especially Star Wars, that as the trilogy continues, like, our, our hero is a, I don't know how old she is, but a 20-year-old woman, and the hero, the other hero, is a early 20s black guy. Yeah. And... Um, it's come to the point now when I see... I watched an episode of Twilight Zone the other day, and when I see a bunch of white people, I just, I'm just i like, oh, white people. Yeah. Like, I get like, oh, we're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sometimes I'm trying to figure out what to watch, and it's like, I don't want to watch any of this. This is all the dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all white guys. So, yeah. So I love it when... And and there is... there is, Like, I remember one of the Saturday morning cartoons we screened. There, 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 there was a line of... Everybody meant well, but you could totally tell when it was like, okay, we have to have a kid in a wheelchair and a blind kid and a black kid One of each. and an Asian kid. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I think now it's, it, everyone's doing Sounds like the setup for a bad joke. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like the cast of Captain Planet. You know? Yeah. Like that's. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
There's and, a and, video of Don Cheadle as Captain Planet yeah, on Funny or Die. Did he do that just for Funny or Die? I think, I think so. And it's like everybody meant well, but you look at it and it kind of like, you know, oh no, that's not what it should be. Everything... I mean, points for attempting diversity, but yeah. like... I don't like when it's forced though. No. I don't like when it's like, well, we get a quota to fill. It's like, no, write, write an Asian character because you, you know, you want to write a good Asian character or you want to, or, or just write a character and exactly. cast, cast yeah. uh, an Asian actor. And that's what JJ said. He said, we, 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 we did want diversity in Star Wars because there's diversity on earth and in our schools and in mm-hmm. our workplaces. And so, they're good characters. Those are good characters. Yeah. So you, I mean, I, I wasn't thinking watching Star Wars, oh, it's so diverse. I don't no. care. Somebody suggested... They're, they're good, well-written characters, yeah. good actors, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Somebody suggested describing characters less when you write a character in yes. order to just let that be left up to interpretation. Whoever well, gets casted gets casted. Not like long brown hair, nah, 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 you know? Yeah. I'm well, not... well, Ripley was, wasn't going to be a female character in Alien. Mm-hmm. They just decided, hey, let's make, let's make it a, a woman. They, yeah, and they it did. wasn't this political, like, oh, let's make it. It's like, hey, yeah. why don't we try just making it a female? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Ripley. Ripley. Ripley Rip- and, and the secret is casting Sigourney Weaver. Yes. You know, who's fantastic and, and is Ripley, right? Yeah. Ripley is maybe my favorite character ever in anything. I, and, like, I can watch... It, it, and it's really more of a man than the men are, because <laughs> in aliens well, they're all pissing and moaning and whining. Yeah. And she, at one point, she's like, "Like, shut up! Yeah, stop whining." I can watch aliens every day, and and always get upset when certain characters die. Yeah. And that's the key. Like, I know it's coming, and I'm still like, "Oh no!" Yeah. But but yeah, like, and and with a character like like that, um, at the time, even I guess right, like late seventies, for her to be like. The hero and the survivor and stuff. Now, it's, so, so this is interesting. Somebody on uh, Twitter, one of our Twitterers, happened to say, oh, are you guys doing anything for Women in Horror Month? Oh, yeah. And I basically said, to be honest, I didn't know February was Women in Horror Month. And it's I said, Black History Month. Yeah. Can you, you're, it, should be in a, it should be March or another month. Yeah. <laughs> it's already a month. We only have 12 months. And it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I, said, I, said, I said, to be honest, nothing planned, but... It's it's if they, it's like it, Canadian Film Day though to be honest like yeah. we play Canadian films exactly year but round. nobody celebrates that day really yeah no. like like and, and we have we had such a good run of women in horror films in the last few months because yeah. we had Babadook and It Follows and The Final Girls and a number of other ones so I said if we if we, if we have it'll be by coincidence but if we don't there'll be another one soon you know um, yeah same thing like we're, we're always showing Canadian films like like. Like on this schedule, we Haida Gwaii is a a Canadian environmental documentary, mm-hmm. um, as you can tell by the title. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was like a Hawaiian thing or something before I read up about it. But um, so yeah, we always have Canadian stuff. So although it's nice to celebrate it on a day, I think it's nicer just to screen them all the time mm-hmm. instead of just once a year. But um, yeah, so I love how we we don't know. When our movies are Canadian, like, oh, it's a Canadian film? Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Unless it's like David Cronenberg or something. Yeah. What's he doing? Is he doing something else? He hasn't done anything in a little while. He did that movie Map Maps to the Stars, yeah. which I don't know anyone saw. No, I thought we would get that, but I don't um, think. Yeah, I don't know. He, I'm sure he's doing something. Yeah. But a lot of times, that, that, that's like, even like, within 
Canadian film, a lot of times it's hard for us to even get a hold of a Canadian film, uh, especially like we were talking about before, like the whole Quebec thing, which is so weird, where mm-hmm. it's like, it'll get put out in Quebec, but we're like, can we have it? And like, no. Francophone <laughs> movies are especially difficult. Yeah. Atta Magoyan has a new movie out called Remember with Christopher Plummer, which I have no idea if we're showing. Yeah. It played down the street for a Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, 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 it's tough. And we showed uh, the Ryan Reynolds one that he did. Oh, yeah. Captive, but I don't think anyone came to see it. I liked Captive, yeah. Apparently it's really good. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but... It's good. It's, it's, it's like, like many of, of, of his films, it's heavy and depressing, and, but it's good. It, it's, 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 uh, it's, and I never get under that stereotype either. People are like, oh, Canadian films are all heavy and depressing. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're everything. Just, you got to see them. You got to catch them, you know, um, I don't know if it still stands, but our most financially successful Canadian film for decades was Porky's, right? Like, I, yeah. I don't know if something has beat that now. but Which uh, is a movie set in Florida. Yeah. About Florida teenagers, so it's, like, yeah, not really Canadian. Because it's Bob Clark, who was a Canadian director, but he was born and raised, and he's from Florida. He was an American. Right. So Porky's is about his, his teenage years in Florida. Yeah. But it was produced by Canadians, so it counts as a Canadian film. Canadian history. Brooklyn is Canadian as well. Yeah, it's like a Canadian. um, There's Canadian money in it. It's like a co-production. Canadian, Ireland, U.S. co-production. UK. I think. I think in. I think Martian as well. I think Martian filmed all of its like inside shots in Quebec. Maybe. Interesting. I saw that in the Revenant as well. There's a Quebec tax credit thing at the end. It's weird now. Th- I wonder, like, okay, so if it's, like, shot partially in Ottawa, say, like, that random Michael Keaton movie. Yeah. Is that credited as Canadian? Because I don't think that was mm-hmm. on, it, I don't, for, you know? it's, it's just like music. It's a weird sliding scale, and it gets in trouble every once in a while, because they'll be, like, you know, bare naked ladies, somebody that's, like, uber-Canadian, or Sloan, or tragically hip, will do an album, but it'll be, like, an American producer, or American publisher so it's all a point system because i've done a couple short films that have applied for for grants stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you're essentially like okay i'm the director i'm canadian that's one point we shot in ottawa that's another point um all the actors are 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 canadian that's so basically my short film was like like 10 out of 10 so i would think say if you're the michael keaton film and it's an american director american money american actors it would be like okay you get Three points for... Pretending you're in New York while yeah. shooting in Ottawa. That's yeah. like negative points, right? So so that's that's the line. Like, basically, you kind of it gets judged. So it's like, say if, if Adam Agoyan directed a Star Wars film, I don't think that would count as Canadian because it would be like, you know, shot in the UK, paid for by America, you know. Well, Ivan Reitman always considered Ghostbusters to be a Canadian film because he's like, I'm Canadian. Yeah. It was written by a Canadian, starring a Canadian, you know... If, couple of Canadians at least and then um, this Canadian producer um, rebutted on that saying like well no it's not a Canadian film because it should be about ownership like it's not it's you know Ghostbusters is owned by Sony right which is so not Canadian so it at the end is like is it owned by Canadians and then there was there was what was is it shot in Canada too there was um, uh, the Dustin Hoffman film where he was a teacher for a bunch of school kids um, and they were like a choir. Boy choir? Yeah, boy choir, a boy Canadian choir. film. So so in that, if I remember this correctly... And it was also in Barney's version there, the, yeah. the Mordecai Richler story. So in that case, they 
and I'm confused about this. Like, I can understand some Canadian actors maybe being mad about this. In one or both of those films, he was nominated for Best Actor in the Canadian Awards. The Genies? In the Genies. I always get it mixed up. So Genies is movie, Gemini is TV, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like, two, we, don't, we don't know that. It's and we're, we're Canadian, we don't. I, know, I, well, I went to the yeah. Genies one time. Yeah. What? I flew, yeah, when I worked for um, this shitty, shitty corporation <laughs> that is no longer in business, yeah. uh, they sent us to the Genie Awards because it was happening in Ottawa. Was that Shatner? Um, no, no, it was Dave Foley. Oh, yeah. The, see, and he was drunk as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, maybe Shatner was there for the, the Gemini's. Because I know Shatner did one at the and NAC. And maybe he was drunk, too. Probably. Um, but in one... Yeah, so, like, they allow an American actor to be nominated in the Best Actor category if it's a Canadian film. So that's a bit weird. That's a bit iffy. But, but like, then there's, like, the Oscars, which is despite having a best foreign language category, is a bit more universal because you can have, you know, a Canadian actor for best actor or a Japanese actor for best... It's just whatever. Mm -hmm. But then they also have the separate best foreign language film. But then you could have a movie nominated for best foreign language film and best film. I think Pan's Labyrinth had both. I think Crouching Tiger had both. Mm -hmm. It's really complicated. Well, they, that's that's distribution, right? Like, yeah. Cr- Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a foreign film, but it got a big, huge release from Sony. Yeah. It was a huge hit. Whereas some other foreign films in that cat in in the foreign film category don't get that. Yeah. Wide crossover distribution. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we're uh, we're just about out of time, unless. Cool. Did, did, is there anything we, we, we forgot to mention? No, I, th- I think we. The, the room. room. We mentioned everything but the room. So Saturday the, at eleven. Saturday so it's seventy seventh screening in a row. Yeah, something like that. Come see it before uh, the James Franco movie comes out. Yeah, with <laughs> pictures keep leaking and they're blowing my mind. Yeah, like there's him in the flower shop. Yeah. I, at first, I was like, "There's no fucking way James Franco is gonna look like yeah. Tommy Wiseau." I've seen Tommy Wiseau in person. This is not no. Yeah. But he's doing all it's right. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's hard to imagine, even though he doesn't look like him. It's hard to imagine anyone else playing Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Because. You know, James Frank Franco's a pretty brazen actor. He's like, yeah. he'll want to tackle that role, right? And, yeah, and, then, and right. then Dave Franco, who I, I I really love as Greg. And it's weird, too, because... They're brothers, and they're playing, you know, yeah. not brothers. And, and we're in this situation, Frenemies. too, where we've, we've, we've hung out with these two guys. Yeah. We've, we've shared dinner with these two guys. So it's a little bit weirder for us, because we're going to be like, I've had a conversation with that guy. I was in a car with that guy. Yeah. But I've seen Dave in kind of the Greg hair and makeup, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's like it's it's, but it's like they're acting too. I wonder so. how their parents feel about how much yeah. they love like his brother. <laughs> so we and again, like I don't know, that movie's like a year away or something. But Still. barring disaster, we will screen that. Oh for yeah, sure too. that'll be fascinating for sure. But uh, but yeah, um, we'll be back next week and talk about all the Oscar nominations. Yeah, and check out audible.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast to download a free trial, a free audiobook. Yep. Uh, what what uh, what can they? I haven't they listened get? to it yet, but I just got uh, Ready Player One, which is unrelated to anything we're showing, but is a movie that is coming out eventually. Mm-hmm. The uh, Spielberg movie, um, The Martian. Martian. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, the Mar. Yeah, Martian. There you go. That's based on a book. I'm sure they got the Martian on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone go to House of Target, eat pierogies, and play video games. Mm-hmm. And, and see the Bowie. Remy, oh yeah, go see the Bowie Remy thing. Yeah, and we're and we're syndicated now on BlastTheRadio.com. So cool. We're on the radio. That's uh, Saturdays. They, they air us Saturdays at 2 p.m. The Milky Show. Yeah. yeah. 
So if you can't figure out how to download a podcast, you can go listen to that. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Like regular radio. Regular radio. <laughs> but on the internet. And then we'll be on vinyl. We're going to be on vinyl. <laughs> okay. Then, then a TV version. A TV version. Let's get out of here. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Dangerous men came out of the blue. Very much different. It's so true. Turn out to be the talk of the town. Whoever saw it told another one. They passed the word everywhere. Everyone wants to see it here and there. That's why it turned to the talk of the town. Yeah, dangerous man, the movie is fine. John F. Red directed it. He's my man. So quick, he made lots of fans. His name all over with respect. Whoever saw the film said it's perfect. Don't lose the fun time. Go and see it. It's unforgivable. Oh, yeah. Do not miss it. Men, the movie.com shows where it's now or may come. This film's so different, it's so much fun, 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 fun. No wonder Dangerous Man is the talk of the town. Go online, go, go, go www.dangerousmen.com